0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of No Filter Sports Podcast. Bob Page is your host, and Denny McClain is your sidekick here, my sidekick, and Brandon McAfee is at the controls, as always, running the board in a desperate attempt to somehow make us look good. So, uh, as we record this Thursday morning, big news is just breaking and hasn't formally been announced yet, and that would be Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville and taking that, uh, the head coaching job there. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. We haven't had a chance, just because of the way our programs are set up, recording Monday and Thursday, we haven't had a chance to comment on the national championship game from Monday night. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about the NFL weekend playoffs. We're going to talk. we got so much stuff going on here today, folks. We will entertain you, and I promise you that. First of all, this is a big story that, I mean, this, this would have, have dominated the all of the sports pages everywhere today and all the talk shows had it not been for the urban Meyer breaking story. And that is that malcontent James Harden has gotten his wish. The inmates continue to run the asylum in professional sports on Wednesday. As you know, Harden was dealt by Houston in a wild 14 trade to the Brooklyn nets where he joins Kevin Durant. And whenever his Royal Highness decides to come back to his teammates, knucklehead Kyrie Irving, and a three-headed offensive monster, which will now be the first team in basketball history to play with two basketballs on the court at the same time because the Nets are going to need them. Harden forced
1: his own trade to Brooklyn, and boys, I got a lot more, but I'll let you chime in now. Well, let me and, and I'll make it short. What is the problem with Harden? I don't understand it. First of all, everybody's a team player. When you, soon as a ball starts bouncing between the lines, all the nickel dime BS is supposed to be put out of the way. But the supposed way this kid, be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way this kid is acting, he wouldn't make a pimple on a real t- team guy's ass. I mean, that's how bad it is, and he's getting a lot of bad publicity. Although. In the NBA, I, I'm not sure if there's so much hooped a lot that uh, people really care. You but say I'd- team guy, Denny, you say team guy. After the Rockets' second consecutive
0: blowout loss to the Lakers just Tuesday night, yeah. Harden said his team publicly just wasn't good enough wasn't close to being as good as the elite teams adding that he didn't believe his Rockets could improve enough to be a contender the quote was I love this city I literally have done everything that I can I mean this situation is crazy it's something that I don't think can be well, fixed you know and what? so the Rockets the Rockets were so angry with him that he went public with this they told him to stay away from practice the next day as they worked out a deal to get his sorry selfish ass out of there.
1: I, I just can't get over it. The the player, the money, the whole thing. I mean, he's he's a legend already where he is. And he just I, I just don't get it. When is enough enough? What's he making? 40 million a year, 35 million a year, 39 something million like dollars that. A year, it's a monster right. number. Right. And, and, I and Danny, don't Danny, what, get what was, it. yeah, well Danny, what was what was James Harden
0: doing to make things better? In that last game I mentioned, he shot five for sixteen and yeah. he scored all of sixteen points. As I said on the last show here. Rockets legend Calvin Murphy, not realizing his mic was open as one of the team's broadcasters, accused Harden of quitting after another recent game. How about this stuff, Brandon? Well, James Harden has never been known to
2: play defense as it is. So a lot of people said he quit long, long, long time ago. But he is very gifted offensively. Now, what I don't get is. He already had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook together when they were in OKC. That was a big three, but it blew yeah. up. Why? Because they all wanted the ball. They all wanted the,
0: to be the superstar.
1: So they Is all that went what there- this is all about, the ball?
2: Well, they all went there. Harden
0: wants a win. I think he really does want to win, and he figured he couldn't in Houston. He doesn't want to leave the league and go into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which he will someday, as a loser. I think, don't you, Brandon, that that's part of it, a big part of it?
2: Well, maybe, and and right now the Brooklyn Nets are set up to be big winners. I mean, Kevin Durant, when healthy, may be the best player in the league. A lot of people would argue that would be James Harden as well, but now you put those two, they're reunited in Brooklyn here, and then they also have Kyrie Irving, who's won a championship. He's been known to be a very good complementary player to superstars like he was with LeBron James in Cleveland, but... Is Kyrie Irving going to show up anytime? He's taken, what, yeah, five you know, games it's, off? Yeah. It's the weirdest thing because here, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, who's already been kind of a weirdo in this league, he's a big flat earth guy. I don't know why he does that stuff,
0: but. I don't believe that he believes the earth is flat. Well, he, he still came out, out publicly and
2: said now, it. He's just. But here he's he is. He's a loose cannon. He's on perverbi- a leave of absence cannon. right now because he's been so affected by these Capitol riots in Washington, D.C.
0: So he yet says.
2: Yet he's showing up to birthday parties and stuff like yes, that. Yes. So video
0: with that last week. Yeah. So, so, people the, don't so get it. the highlights of the trade found ex-Michigan star Karis Lavert winding up in Indiana. Now, this kid plays hard, and he's a terrific player. He's been great picking up the slack in Brooklyn without Irving. And former National College Player of the Year, Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Hoosiers, is going from the Indiana Pacers to Houston, which also gets a whopping four future first-round picks, so the odds are they won't be very high. So who got the best of the deal? Usually the team that gets the best player which you'd have to say is Harden. But again, is this guy a winner? I focus on him every time I watch him play, which is a lot. He's a ball hog, makes steals. Brandon just said the truth. He is not a solid, fundamental defensive player. If the Nets win an NBA title, well, then the proof's in the pudding. But if Houston drafts wisely over the next few years, and with Oladipo, who is a great defensive player and team player, this is going to be interesting to watch, isn't it? Well, we're
1: giving him an awful lot of attention here this morning for a guy that uh, doesn't oh, Demi, want to play. Story. Well, I, I I can understand but I mean we're 10 minutes into the show and we're still talking <laughs> all
0: right. Okay, so let's move on to another subject but, subject. But right. I mean this and this, this is...
1: guy this guy may need just a uh, a, a basketball team by himself. Send him to Europe. Let him play by himself. See if he no, can play five that.
0: guys at once. Yeah, well, they'd love that. So anyway, it's, uh, uh, more nba games being canceled every night two more on wednesday night the league is out of the bubble and is now into the ridiculous and finally somebody is speaking out about it with the nba implementing stricter health and safety guidelines amid this breakout of positive COVID tests and close contacts here comes okie city guard george hill veteran player and a good player he's questioning some of the logic behind the protocols after a game the other night hill said We want to play the game, but I don't understand some of the rules. We can sweat 48 minutes with a guy right next to us, but we can't talk to them afterwards. It makes no sense, end quote. So within the enhanced rules, pregame and postgame interactions with opposing players are limited to only elbow or fist bumps. Extending socializing to be avoided, which means you can't talk to you guys, former teammates or friends after a game previously a standard. And Danny and Brandon, did you see this in the new guidelines, hotel rooms are now closed off to non-team guests on the road. Nobody else has said this, so right. I'm going to say it right now. That means no more groupies.
1: No, uh, that doesn't and mean say, You no can't more bring groupies. a girl up
0: to your room. You can't bring them up to your Bob, room, Danny. Bob,
1: they'll figure out how. <laughs> okay, fine. All right, they'll figure out how. <laughs> I can guarantee you one thing in this world they will still be able to find whatever it is. They will find it, whatever you want to yeah. call it. They will cut. Co- sounds like you're have-
2: well versed in athletes finding a way to get some uh, women in their hotel rooms, did well, he? He was. I read a McClain. lot of books.
0: <laughs> he was Denny McLean in his prime now. Come on. Now, so it, it, this, gets, this gets even more ridiculous. So, movement of players and staff is limited on the road. All right. And then Wednesday came down further rules until at least January 26th. Players, coaches, and team staff members, you ready for this? I'm, did you see this? They're required to remain at home quarantined in their houses, in their home markets, unless they're attending team-related activities or exercising. So think about this, all you folks listening out there. You guys are all, all working. You have bosses. Your employer tells you that you cannot go out of your own house on your own time when you're away from work? Huh? How, How they much have money re- am
1: I making at this yeah, point? And, well, How yeah, much money am I making?
0: That's a good point. Are they going to have a rent-a-cops outside every NBA player's house and coach's house to make sure they continue in quarantine? For $20,
1: 30000000 a year, I'll let them – I'll pay I for guess.
0: it. Yes. Well, if it's, if it's of, of your own volition, Denny – I, yeah, sure. That's fine. But your employer's telling you on your own spare time, you got to stay in your own house. So, you know, this is
1: Bob, this is just one year of this silliness, not silliness. We're trying to protect people. You think you're right. And and this is just one year. Let us get through what's going on right now with the injections. And let's see how quick that they, according to Mr. Biden, Mr. Biden is going to absolutely dump the vaccines in and they're not going to be, uh, put out one at a time anymore. They're coming with big planes and big trucks. So okay. if that's the case, we're going to see a little bit of progress more quickly than, than we thought we were going okay. to, because the start was terrible. Okay. And, Danny, now, you, and they're picking about it this. up now.
0: Think about this as George Hill closes his comments. He said, I'm a grown man. I'm going to do what I want to do. If I want to go see my family, I'm going to see my family. They can't tell me I got to stay in my room or stay home. And then he says, here's the point, Denny. If this is that
1: serious, then maybe we shouldn't be playing.
0: Should they be playing?
1: Well, maybe they don't want to. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't have to play and he can still get. The league shouldn't be playing is what he's saying. Well, I no, I understand that. But if he doesn't listen, the rules weren't only put in there to protect him or the uh, it's put in to protect everybody in the league. You know, like you talked about earlier. Good point you made. Everybody's sweating on each other. Everybody, kind of an oxymoron. You want them to stay healthy, and yet you send them out in the middle of the court for an hour, hour and a half, and you spit and slobber all over the next guy. Yeah, here, right? <laughs> that's one way to I put mean, it. So <laughs> you, so you, you can't have the best of two worlds, well, I, so you take the two worlds and only hope that nobody gets the infection. I just then, think... I don't know any other way to look at it anymore. I just think George Hill is
2: just venting. I just think he's popping off. I think what's going on here is the NBA has to have a precedent. They have to have something in writing. They have to have their rules. And Adam Silver... You know, he, he's been doing a pretty good job considering yes, uh, when, it, when it comes to this. The NBA bubble, though there were some issues, was ultimately a success. But they couldn't continue with it. The players didn't want to go another year with it. And so here they are. They're going to have these rules that are implemented. And you know what? I think they're probably going to bend the rules and they're going to be a little bit lax. But when confronted by media and when a microphone's in your mouth, Yeah. George Hill is going to pretty much just say, I'm not a baby. I'll do whatever I want. So,
0: yeah, I I don't blame him. So Friday night's Pistons game against the uh, Washington basketball team. We do not want to offend Wizards anywhere around the globe. It's already been a COVID postponement because Washington couldn't field the NBA minimum eight guys to play. I mean, they're going to start going out to neighborhood rec leagues and signing ex-college players pretty soon. Why eight? (laughs) Why does it have to be eight? Why can't you have six or seven? You gotta, eight, four. you gotta have eight. Gotta eight guys.
2: How to come? Play. Why? There's only five well, because on the
0: court. It's a, it's a, because it's a long, hard forty-eight minute game. Come on, man. Well, I mean, you can You can't. You can't play forty-eight minutes in an NBA game. You have to have substitutes. Well,
2: you know what though. Soccer gets it done, you know. Soccer will no, play please. They loaf
0: up and they loaf up and down the pitch. They run when they feel like it. Don't yes. compare this
2: to I don't soccer know about Soccer that. guys
1: know how to run. I'm not a big soccer yeah.
2: fan, but I'm pretty impressed by their cardio. But what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah,
1: they're in great shape. Here yeah, you are.
2: Yeah. You have you know you you have an NBA team that normally has what eight guys sitting on the bench at all times, and of those eight guys that sit on the bench at all times, six of them never get in the game.
0: Three of them DNPCDs, as we say, did not play coach's decision. They're not talking about that. They just want maybe, you know, eight to ten guys. If you can't field eight guys, you know, this is a serious problem. Plus, you're cheating the fans, I guess, because they're tuning in, if they're still tuning in, to see these games on TV. And the fans say, and I've done this myself. I'm not watching this. Look who's out. Look who's not playing. So uh, the Pistons' uh, latest loss came Wednesday night, as expected, to Milwaukee, 110-101. Detroit's off to a horrendous start. I didn't see this game in which Jeremy Grant had 22 to lead the team in scoring. But watching my recording uh, the other day of the Pistons' loss to Utah last Sunday, Greg Kelser said that Grant is the most surprising player in the entire NBA. And it was an interesting graphic he and George Blaha had. It showed Jeremy Grant has scored more points in his first 10 games as a Detroit Piston than anyone in the history of the franchise. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. So kudos to Isaiah, you know, Kelly Trapuca, Beer, go Dave Bing, anybody you want, Lanier. So so kudos to to new GM Troy Weaver for getting Rand, who bounced around with three different NBA teams already I don't know. So it's leaving Jim Bayheim's program at Syracuse. Let's
2: not forget the Pistons are two and nine and in dead last
0: place. That's right. That's right. So Grant signed that three years sixty million dollar deal with the Pistons through a sign and trade with Denver. Uh Brandon, I know I knew you follow this closely. Danny, I don't know million. how much yeah, I don't I don't know how much you watch the Pistons, but this is gonna be a building block. Injured first round draft pick, Killian Hayes, looks like another building block at point guard. Sadiq Bay out of Villanova, solid at both ends of the floor. But for now, as we know, this is not a good club, even with former stars blake griffin and Derek rose who are now unfortunately just good players and that's when well, they are not Bob, Bob,
2: all these guys are great and you know what they're going to be even better in three years when they're on another nba team
0: right that's the way it seems to work with this franchise now but you know they have a new general manager we'll see what happens so um there's so much work to be done that blaha and kelser are really going to earn their joe just having to watch this group oh and i forgot to mention Her, the third member of the broadcast team, because I have no idea what her name is, but the empty suits at Fox Sports Detroit have what else? A hot chick sideline reporter to go with the boys. Can you imagine? Think about this. Just a couple years ago, they had a serious veteran reporter, a guy named Eli Zaret working the Pistons telecast and digging for stories. Eli was fired when Tom Gorris came in. A big reason Eli hates Goris, as you used to hear when he was on this show, and we're hoping Eli comes back. And they replaced Eli with a 20-something girl. You got to have a hot chick reporter in sports TV these days, boys. Do the, do the suits really think that's what we men, because we men are the ones watching these games? Well, I they really think, think, think we this men- is what we
1: want. I think we men like it, but we don't want to focus on it all night long. I think it's nice that they come out and they give what, you know, What (laughs) the most confusing part of the night is when they start to talk and they don't give any names. They give no prior scores. I mean, it's like, well, we were just in the locker room and I don't know if the color of the towel was white, blue, or red. Uh, It's that kind of stuff. It's trivial. Uh but if that's what they want, if they think that's gonna put some more people in the and nobody can go to the games, so they I don't th- know why you, it's are so you important. suggesting
0: that the suits think having a hot chick reporter is gonna make more of we men watch these games? Because I don't
1: believe that, and that's what I've ah, said. No, long. I'm, I'm not, not suggesting, I want I'm, I'm not, not suggesting that at all. I have no problem with the girl being there, none whatsoever. But, you know, substance is what it's all about. And that's part of the problem. It's not anymore. The, the lady. Well, I understand that they're pushing them up just to push them up. Uh, and the bottom line is, if you you got to get some quality out of whoever sits there with our guys, then they've got to be a professional in some form, some way. And I haven't heard that yet. I just don't hear it. I don't have any
2: problem with it, and I can tell you why. Because that girl probably played as much basketball as George Blaha, and she definitely played as much as I did. So who's to say that she can't? No,
0: you know what? You're talking about Doris Burke and people like that who I have great respect for. And I'm with you, Brandon. But I think a lot of these women are not ex-athletes. They're not former basketball players, but they sure are good looking, aren't they?
2: Yeah, but some of these guys aren't good looking. They can just talk good and they don't have anything to do with sports either.
0: That's true. yeah, but they're doing play-by-play. Play. They're not reporting on the teams. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference right there. The color commentators are always, for the most part, ex-players. So um, headline story I saw on CNBC the other day. The headline read, mortgage refinance demand spikes 20% as borrowers fear missing out on record low interest rates. Folks, don't you miss out on record low interest rates. We've been telling you for some time now that interest rates are currently in the twos. Can you believe that? The twos? So you want to call David Hall Financial today and find out how much refinancing your mortgage, if you have one, could save you every month. want to thank David Hall so much for being with us on all the shows, in fact, on Drew Lane's Red Shovel Network. So you want to click the Hall Financial link on our website, nofiltersportspodcast.com. That'll get you started. Or just call him. It's such an easy number to remember. 248 308 5,000. And you'll find out how quick and easy the haul process is. Make sure you tell them that No Filter Sports Podcast with Eli Zaret, Danny McClain, and Bob Page sent you. You are listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast.
1: And by the way, he's got NHL tickets. I'm going to some hockey games this year.
0: Oh, I haven't seen anybody at the get the games on Wednesday night, which we will well, get into. No, I hope uh, we'll be able I to. I don't think
1: we can go yet, but when they yeah. when they open up the doors, I'm going to try to go.
0: Uh, well, everybody's talking as we go from the NBA to college basketball about Michigan's ass kicking of Wisconsin.
1: Did you watch that game? I hope you did. I don't, yeah, I I, I don't want to miss I watched the second half. It I don't want to
0: miss a game that the University of Michigan plays. I never do anyway, for that matter. But 77-54, the final score. It wasn't even close to what this game was all about. As Michigan improved to 11-0, they were up, as you saw, if all you watched yeah. was the second half. They were up by 40! At the midway point of the second half against an yeah. outstanding top 10 national team, Michigan was on a 43 to 6 run at one point. And shockingly, think about this they got very little out of Hunter Dickinson, almost nothing out of Hunter in the first half of the game, as Wisconsin basically shut him down. Wisconsin basically shut him down. So um, we're singing Juwan's praises on the last show, as is everybody. And it seems one of the reasons for U of M's success this year is downright. Tom Izzo-esque. I mean, only Tom would do something like this. They're running a practice drill in Ann Arbor called The Hunger Games, apparently named after these Mm -hmm. popular novels and movies in which people are forced to fight to the death until one is left standing. So Isaiah Livers, they asked him about it the other day in the newspapers in Detroit, and he said, we don't have any fouls. There's Mm -hmm. no calls. There's no out of bounds. You're fighting for rebounds. You're fighting for loose balls. You're fighting for every bucket you get. Obviously, after we go back and watch the film, we say, well, that's a foul or that's a foul. But we are competing. And I'm a little surprised by this because you think it would lead to fights in practice. And maybe it has. Bob,
1: could you please explain to me what you're talking about?
0: Please say, okay, do I have to go back and do that whole thing again? I think Grant I, just, understands. I just want to know they're running doing. drills and practice with no holes barred at the university of Michigan. These kids play as hard as they want hard all the time. They hack each other. They do whatever. There are no calls. It's like Tom Izzo's rebounding drills at Michigan state. And which the is reason- why state has traditionally been one of the top rebounding teams. Now in the is country.
1: that, is that because they're trying to teach them how to stay away from toughen them up,
0: toughen them up make them play hard make them play tough and that's what they're
1: doing i
0: mean it's what they're doing so maybe they have had fights in ann arbor i don't know if Juwan has uh, open practices but now here's the kicker michigan's next game covid permitting is at minnesota on saturday whose asses the wolverines also just kicked in ann arbor but the gophers are going to be really ready i mean they're a good club they're a top 20 team too could this be michigan's first loss Saturday? No, uh, I'm telling play? you,
1: I, I, you heard me say this earlier. I think they're going all the way this year. For some reason, Undefeated? I had that feeling early, really early because, and the reason I liked it, uh, these guys were all a bunch of fast kids and they were big. They were really big and big wins in college. And, uh, just sit back. I, you know, they could go 88, zero. I'm telling you, they're that good this year.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the next ass kicking coming up, yeah. we were all hoping it wasn't going to be Thursday night as we taped this tonight with Michigan State playing at Iowa. We were all thinking it was going to be a beatdown, but we got our wish. It isn't because that game has already been canceled due to oh, really? sudden COVID issues in the mm-hmm. Michigan State program. Now, Tom, you know, already had COVID. He did have some symptoms with it, but of course he recovered. And now Tom Izzo's son, Stephen, who's on the team, is among the Michigan State players who was tested positive. They're saying because of this, Michigan State probably won't be able to play its game after this, which would be back in East Lansing Sunday afternoon scheduled for national TV against Indiana. What a kerfuffle.
1: Yeah, they're required to do a little bit of quarantine now, right? Be, before they can play yeah again. yeah it's just the whole thing is just utterly amazing yeah um
0: let's go to college football and as i mentioned at the top of the program as you listen to this uh, i think the deal has already been announced that urban meyer uh who won three national titles as a college head coach with different head coaching jobs, he job hopped left and right. Is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You guys want to take it away with us? Go ahead. Did he uh, did he take the job already? It's not what? finalized. Jenny, we're recording yet. this Thursday morning. By the time people hear it, as I said, yes, he probably will It's not finalized
2: job. yet. But it's been speculated over the last few days, and today it's really ramped up. A lot of people knew that Urban Meyer was assembling a team in the uh, yeah. in in the event that he was to get a interview with either the Chargers or the. Jaguars, and it seems the Jaguars are the ones with the most interest. So he has put together the coordinators he wants. Uh, he, he, he looks like he does want to go back to Florida where he thrived in college. And you know what? He's going to be off to a good start. He's going to get the number one overall pick. He's going to have a ton of other first round picks for all the trades that the Jaguars made, including like uh, Ramsey over to the Rams and stuff like that. And then additionally, I'll give you that.
0: I'll give you that specifically. They've got 11 total picks in the upcoming draft besides Trevor Lawrence, seemingly the franchise quarterback. And Brandon, they've got $100 million in salary cap space to attract a lot of other people as well. So they don't have a GM in sports. You hire the GM first, of course, then the coach. But the (laughs) GM of this team anyway is going to be meddling owner Shahid Khan, the Pakistani-born billionaire who now thinks he's some kind of a football expert, as we talked about in the last show. (laughs) He's going to exert control over the Jags roster. So you look at a situation where Urban Meyer has no NFL experience. A big part of all of their success, including the great Nick Saban, is recruiting, but you can't recruit your own players anymore. How did Nick Saban do with the Dolphins? He got his butt out of there real fast because he couldn't win in the NFL because he had to take what what, 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 what came to him in the him, draft. Yeah. yeah, so now Myers, 56 years old. Think about this. He announced in December of 2018 that he was stepping down from Ohio State because he already had health issues. He said he had a heart attack. Right? And he spent most of that season in pain on the sidelines because of what turned out to be what medical people called an arachnoid cyst, not a heart attack, which caused him aggressive headaches throughout the year. Headaches, you're in the office at 5 in the morning every day, and you're getting out as an NFL head coach at 10 o'clock at night, sometimes sleeping on your couch, and you're dealing with a meddling owner like this? Well, Why, not boys? only
1: that, not only a meddling owner, but you got meddling players now. I mean, it's uh, sure talking to the kids in college is a whole lot different than a guy making 40 million dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, like, like we've always said, the inmates are running the facilities now. Right. And so, um, after he left Ohio State, uh,
0: Meyer spoke really skeptically about ever going to the NFL. His record in Columbus was 83 and nine in seven years. That's okay. Been. And and how about this for a big 10 conference record, 54 and four. And so Meyer said at that time, (laughs) Meyer said at that time, quote, I could never work at a place. I see some of these guys records because the NFL is so evenly matched. Some of these guys, their record is 74 and 58. I could never do that. End quote.
1: Well, I think we haven't, we actually seen more, uh, failure. Failure may be too strong of a word, but guys who didn't get it, when they first went to the uh, NFL, didn't, didn't we see more of that than we did guys have great successes? I mean, th- listen, the NFL is a, a step faster. It's like A-ball, double-A, AA, triple-A, major league. Once you get to the big one, man, you better keep up with the big boys, and you better work twice as hard as you did to get there once you get there.
0: And he so, doesn't uh, need the money. I just don't understand this. I read Nick Saban earned his lesson. And how about Saban? He yeah. won his... Monday night, again, well, this is the way our shows are set up to record, as I said earlier. It, we, right. it killed us that we couldn't talk about the game on Tuesday, but we don't record the show then. He's that won seven national titles, Danny. Yep. Seven national titles. Okay. And a 52 to 24 victory. And, you know, the game is held down here in South Florida, where I'm speaking to you from where I live. There was no buzz. No buzz that I saw. Covid has thrown a wet blanket over everything. I didn't even see anybody out anywhere that I went wearing Alabama or Ohio State gear. Now I, I know they did down on South Beach uh, in Miami. I don't know how how big that was, but but it just you know yeah okay we're going to play the national championship. Who's out? Well, yeah. Ohio State's starting kicker was out. Also, a couple starting offensive linemen. Yeah, and then they got three-
1: a you got a different population down there. Uh, it's, it really is a different. Well, it's, it's the influx
0: of tourists that doesn't
1: matter about that. Well,
0: Usually, tourists, the tourists, tourists games, but out. It's,
1: but it's the people who live down there. They go to bed quite early. Bob, I, I uh, have that feeling once in a while that I need to go to bed early. But uh, I'm telling you, that's what the difference is. My mom lived down there forever, and uh, at 7:30 at night, she was in bed, and you couldn't wake her up with a cannon. So I was um, a, I
0: was a uh, for many years I was a nighttime television sports anchor in New York City and a single guy. You can imagine what I was doing after our shows until whatever hours of the morning
1: and now I'm with you. Oh, Bob, I'm tell I'm, in me. Bed, I'm in bed by 9:30 or 10. Bob, please tell me what you were doing. We want to hear
0: About the same thing you were doing when you were a Major League (laughs) Baseball superstar (laughs) and you were traveling on the road. But you were married.
1: But you were married. And I was not. I was not.
0: So anyway, uh, then Ohio State, to make it worse, you know, they they lost. They're great. And he is great. Running back, Trey Sermon. He had one carry in the game. K-O'd early. And how about Devontae Smith? What an amazing game. 12 catches, 215 yards, three touchdowns. In the first half. In the first half. And then and it got hurt. He hurt his hand and sat out the rest of the way. And Mac Jones. How, you see Mac Jones' numbers? Remember those from the first yeah. half? Yeah. 25 out of 30 for 342 and four touchdowns in the first half? And how about Bama's other wideout, Jalen Waddell? He'd missed seven weeks with a broken ankle, but he still came back because he wanted to play one of the top 10 to 15 players coming out of the NFL draft. He, Brandon, Pertaining to our discussion of a recent show, he did not turn his back on his teammates and opt out. He limped out of the game at the third quarter, and he still came well, back. Wow, 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 wow,
2: wow! And like I said the last show, Jalen Waddle. Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, you're going to see these guys play. They're not going to boycott a game because they're going to the NFL because it's right. the national championship. If this would have right. been the Lane Bowl, the Motor City Bowl, then we would not see Devontae Smith. Instead, this is the national championship. This is yeah, the sure big right. one.
0: Yeah, sure. Right. But Kirk Herbstreit still said on the broadcast, and I'm quoting him, This Alabama team is different. For them, it's not about the NFL. It's all about winning a national championship. So, again, Devontae Smith left with a head injury. I hope these kids will be okay. But you know what I thought of with them going out and about the discussion uh, that you and I had, the uh, the essential debate we had on the program? I thought about Joe Burrow one of the greatest college quarterbacks I ever saw in my life coming off that national championship for LSU. So he's number one overall. He goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. He's playing great. What happened to him? He totally blew out his knee in week 11 of his rookie year. And they have been saying for a while that this kid's career is in jeopardy. He does hope to start throwing next month in February. Mm -hmm. And he's saying he's going to be back next season. But I we watched. don't know. So, Brandon, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. And anybody right, Listen,
1: I got, got a bitch. Right. Um, go ahead. Eric, Eric. What, um, what do you got? These kids who go to college, and I know this is a special year. I've said that myself. But these kids that are taking the. You know, there's door number one, door number two, door number three, door number four. And what they're doing is they're using the colleges to pick the one they want, and they're visiting everybody and everything. They've committed to other schools, and then they change their mind after a month or so. Uh, One kid is Brandon Jennings. He flipped his commitment from Michigan to Maryland and signed with the Terrapins. Jennings ranked as the number 109 overall prospect nationally. Uh, his composite rankings were the newest Wolverines pledge after committing in October. And just days later, he's on his way to the Terrapins. I think they should only get one bump to go somewhere else. Yeah. these Some of these kids are going in two, three. Somebody went, uh, down South four places a long time ago. And, uh, boy, I tell you that they, they are, if they can abuse, they will abuse.
0: You make it a great point. I was going to bring this up on the show. And I don't know if you saw this. This right. is a, a, about the head coach of Florida Gators. Yeah, Dan Mullen is now saying he's going to walk away. He's told NFL teams he's interested in making the jump to the pros. Mm. He's had a tumultuous season. I mean, Florida's been on NCAA probation, uh, all kinds of stuff going on, reprimanded by the Southeast Conference for his role in a benches-clearing fight. But it's not just that. He's saying what you're saying, Denny. The landscape in college football is changing, the transfer portal. So in the case of the the great academic universities, like Michigan, for instance, you're kissing the asses of 17-year-old kids, their parents and advisors, to please accept a full scholarship to the U of M, to Stanford, to Northwestern, to Cal Berkeley, to Duke and other places. Then if you get them through all your hard work, but the kids don't play as much as they want to their freshman year. You have to re-recruit them each season to get them to
1: stay. Yeah. I I thought the, the one biggest mistake college has ever made. And I know everybody, listen, freedom is freedom. And that's all you can really say about it. And we're all entitled to it. But boy, I thought, uh, I have always thought that playing college ball in some sports, it's a privilege. It's not an entitlement. And, uh, man, I, I, would hope that one day they could have gone, they can't now, but they could have gone back and required the kids to stay in school at least two years, possibly three, who knows. But, uh, I thought that was the biggest mistake college has made. And I guess it's all about money when it really, it's all
0: about out. COVID too. And I think when this crisis is over and it will end, they're going to change. Yeah. I was, um, really happy to see, um, on Wednesday night that Michigan announced It's hired its all-time leading rusher Mike Hart back. He's going to coach the team's running backs uh, under Jim Harbaugh next year. Uh, Such a great Michigan man, and Mike Hart belongs in Ann Arbor. But in our news of the weird department, did you see this? Ex-Michigan coach, Rich Rodriguez, who was not a Michigan man, never should have left West Virginia, never should have come to Ann Arbor. He was just hired. Did you see what his new job is? No. He's going to be the offensive coordinator at Louisiana Monroe, how far the high and mighty have fallen.
1: But I will say one thing. I spent five years in Louisiana, and I got to tell you something. They are just as excited about Louisiana Monroe as they are with LSU. Uh, These are people that are a little goofy down there. They they that. have a great time. They they start the the picnic on Thursday, and that picnic don't get over till Tuesday. <laughs> well, mean, so, uh, <laughs>
0: why, why did why would Rich Rod do this in seemingly know. embarrassing oh'll no I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why he doesn't need a job. He's got millions. I'll tell you why. Because no, as Bill Parcells once said, how pithy and how true is this? As Bill Parcells once said, "Coaches coach." Yeah. This year's College Football Hall of Fame inductees were announced Monday, headed by Bobby Stoops and Carson Palmer, who won the Heisman at USC in 2002. I don't know why he had to wait this long. And there's always a long list for the College Hall. We're not going to get into it here. No players with any Michigan ties. But I got a kick out of seeing Harris Barton's name on it. Remember Harris Barton? What no. a great offensive tackle he was on the Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice 49ers. And I recall reading years ago, About the time the Niners were playing a big game against the Philadelphia Eagles and Harris Barton was matched up against the great Reggie White in his prime as a defensive lineman. And he held Reggie completely at bay. Reggie didn't say a word until finally in the second half of the game, Reggie said to Harris Barton, hey, you know what, Barton, you're having a hell of a game against me here today. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Harris Barton looked at him and said, Reggie, I'm Jewish. (laughs)
1: And he said, and he
0: said, Reggie White never said another word to him. The rest of the game, Eli, uh,
1: (laughs) Eli, one quick story about Reggie, Eli, and I had an opportunity to interview him on a Thursday or a Friday. I don't forget what day of the week it was. And we made arrangements to go up to the suite that he had. He was there to promote a product and he was there to promote the football team and all kinds of things he was in town for. And we spent a couple of hours with him. All we did. For two hours, a solid two hours, was laugh. He told one story <laughs> after another. And every time we try to ans- ask a question, he said, No, no, I got one more. I'm going to tell you about that guy now. Wait a minute. Hang on a minute. So for two hours, we were entertained like the high hell. It was unbelievable.
0: Well, folks, this is your big moment of every show we do in the pro football season. It's time for you to get the pen and paper ready, because after we come back in a moment, Danny McLean is going to give you his picks on all the big weekend playoff games. You bet <laughs> the opposite way, and you clean up. And speaking of money, we want you to let Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies help you plan for your future family obligations and your retirement. He's got a great track record of success. He's got decades of experience, and Luke wants to create a custom solution for you or your business, and it ain't going to cost you anything to talk to him. Here's what you do. You call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748, and he's going to set up a complimentary consultation for you. You'll listen to what he says. You'll tell him how you feel. And then if you feel comfortable, you'll let Luke do his thing. He's going to lay out a plan that's going to fit your individual financial needs. He's ethical. I said he's knowledgeable. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. The number to call again is 248 248- 663 4748, and Luke's advisory services are offered through Royal Alliance Associates. You're listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast. Okay, boys, as promised. Now, we did some of this on um, Monday. I think as regular listeners know, I, I've never in my career made picks on games. You know why? Because I don't know. I don't have a clue. I don't know what's going to happen. No, but I, I know got a you, clue. No, you and Brandon. The this. They're wrong. <laughs> okay. You and Brandon think you got a clue. And I know Brandon's a, is a fantasy football player. So he follows the NFL much more closely than either the two of us do. So here we go, boys. Let's do the NFL divisional round.
1: Bob, let's start know, at the very Bob, beginning. Bob, you know, I spent about, you won't believe that. Cause I got nothing else to do on it's Sunday morning, but I'll spend three or four hours really rating the games. Really? Yeah, Absolutely. I, huh. I enjoy it. It's got nothing to do with winning. It's got all to do with having something to do and keeping your mind yeah. a little clickish and, you know, nice stuff. Do you, do you do that Brandon too? You spend three or four hours Sunday morning, if you can
0: looking at the matchups and deciding if you're going to bet.
2: No, 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 not at all. No, I'm, I'm more of, I, I enjoy the fantasy aspect. I, I'm not a big better on games because everything is su- such a toss up in, in these pro leagues. Anything yeah. can happen. And yeah. Even though I feel like sports gambling is probably the best game, you have a better odds sports gambling than you do in the slot machines. That's for damn sure. But I just I don't trust my picks, as you could tell last week when I picked the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking there. I, you know, I, I just thought that perhaps that would be uh, an opportunity for an upset, and you know, I well, was you wrong. Guys be,
1: you guys won't you guys won't believe this. It's the first time that I can remember that I did not bet on the Bears. Well they gamble you know gamblers say
0: they love guys like you because if you're betting on your hometown team, your favorite team, which the bills are for you, you're betting not with your mind, you're betting with your heart. That's what they say. And they love to take action on you guys because they think you're suckers.
1: And I'm one of them guys. But but I gotta tell you,
2: I gotta tell you, if I was gonna make a bet, it would be for the very first game of the weekend, which is the Rams at the Packers, and to tell you the truth. I'll take the Packers all day long. All day. The Rams are the Rams are beat up. Their quarterback has a hurt thumb. Their best defensive player has hurt ribs. Their best wide receiver hurt something. Cooper Cup, I don't know what's wrong with him. Meanwhile, you have a fresh and healthy Green Bay Packers team that just had last week off. If you really take a look at the Packers over the course of the season, they were phenomenal. They got beat bad once by Tom Brady and the Bucs, but right. the other the other loss was, you know, an overtime loss against the Colts. Aaron Rodgers has been on a revenge tour all year because he's pissed off that the upper Absolute. management in Green Bay decided to draft his replacement, Love, instead of giving him a weapon in the first round. They took another quarterback. They did to him what they did to Brett Favre, and I just think that he's he's got this fire lit underneath him this year. And to tell you the truth, if I'm any team, I'd be scared to play Aaron Rodgers. I just yeah. have a feeling this year he is out to prove something.
1: I noticed one thing of two or three weeks ago. While he does run to the guy who just scores the last touchdown that he threw to him, uh, he's running quicker. Than I ever remember him running down to the to the <laughs> oh, uh, touchdown factor. area. I'm telling you, it's uh, he's flying. Well, now. I mean, aside I mean,
2: from Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, there's probably not a ton of people who can name a lot of Packers. That's why I think this team is just they're they're just clicking. They're meshing well.
1: Well, once they got rid of Dan, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Patrick, I. Uh, I kind of looked the other way for a while. Dan Patrick
0: is saying, well, he's also excited because he's hosting Jeopardy! Did you see that? Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I saw is that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting. So, you know, I was foolish enough to think a few years ago that maybe I had a system where I could gamble on NFL games and win. My thought was that I would look at the NFL <laughs> schedule every week without looking at any point spreads and I would make my own line on the games. Okay, then I would go check the actual Vegas line on the games, and they, you know, they're you usually well in close and if 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 one of the lines was like what i thought was a mistake a flaw in the line as they say like maybe a four point different or something like that those are the games i would bet now i didn't actually bet on the games but i kept track of it and of course i would have lost my ass doing that too you know you can't i mean (laughs) you can't do it by
2: by the way for anybody listening i did pick the packers which means the la rams
1: will win on Saturday after,
0: yeah, you don't know about that. Now, this is an interesting issue because you guys aren't into I got, this.
1: I got, I'm going to inject one thing. I won every game last weekend. There were only three games, but I mean, I won every game Saturday.
0: Okay, so here's an interesting issue for you two gamblers, and I I know so many people listening to us right now are gamblers also. They're they're already saying that the Buffalo game Saturday night is going to be a snow game. Green Bay is going to be miserable, whatever it is, on Saturday afternoon. So you don't know what the conditions are going to be like, and these weather people are so often wrong in their prognostications. The over-under on that L.A. Green Bay game is 46.5. What do you do about would you just stay away from that because you don't know about the weather? That's what do you
1: That's do? a low number. Well, I wouldn't do the uh, uh, up and I wouldn't do the uh, over and under. I would not do that. I just take it off the board for me. I've only bet, I would only bet the game. That's all. Bet the game. Go with the best team. The best team obviously is Green Bay. They got the greatest quarterback uh, going right now it's in the world. It's not true.
0: You said last week that Patrick Mahomes was the greatest quarterback in NFL Hang history. Hang on a minute.
1: Hang on a minute. He is the Jesus greatest. Brandon, what are we going to do with this guy? He's the greatest quarterback I've seen for a guy his age. The guy is unbelievable. Mahomes, he is a star. He's going to be a monster star if he stays healthy. It's already he's a monster star. He's going to be the star. biggest thing the game's ever seen.
0: Speaking of great quarterbacks, Lamar says he's never played in snow before, uh, and oh his Raiders go into Buffalo Saturday night. So the Bills are a two and a
1: half point favorite in that game. Boys. The Bills are favored two and a half.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think they're going to. That's Cleveland, right? They're playing Cleveland. No, no, they're, playing no. I just said
0: they're playing Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. I'm listen sorry. to what I'm saying, Dan. Well, I don't to have the
1: I don't have the teams in front of me. You, you pulled something out on me. I wasn't ready. The um, as far as listen, Buffalo's going to win, period. I, uh, I was not impressed with uh, 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 Baltimore, Baltimore last weekend at all. I thought they were lucky to win the ball game. So, um, they made a lot of mistakes. Okay, Brandon.
0: Brandon Denny's obviously struggling here today. You like Buffalo in that game, minus two and a half.
2: You know, I like Buffalo I as a team. I just I'm impressed by Buffalo. I like watching Buffalo. They're fun to watch. Josh Allen is a talent and a half. The kid's got oh, a cannon sure for an arm. He looks like a he looks like a mini young Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't I don't know. I think that uh, I think that Lions fans see this team and they. I don't know, to me, the Buffalo Bills being in the turlet for so damn long, and here they are, and I'm rooting for them, but I don't know. I don't know, because anything can happen with Lamar We're Jackson. We're supposed
0: to be giving the fans solid information. They're betting against Denny so they can clean up, so I'm going to go to Denny on this one. Sunday's first game, 3:05 kickoff, finds Cleveland playing at the top seed in the AFC, Kansas City. Denny, the Chiefs are a 9.5-point favorite.
1: It's not enough. It's uh, okay. I, I just believe that they'll blow him out. I mean, th- this is All what right. this kid lives for, to be the star, the star of stars. And he's going to have a chance to be the biggest star in the world Sunday afternoon.
0: All right. And back to, this, uh, the, to the Sunday game, the second game of the doubleheader on Sunday, back to the NFC. That's Tampa at New Orleans. The Saints, a three-and-a-half point favorite in that one.
1: Boy, you know, I got problems with this one. I, because uh, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, uh, but I like the guy at New Orleans. He's, uh, he's as good as the game's ever seen. My God, he's passed for over 80,000 yards. Uh, the guy is unbelievable. Yeah,
2: but a lot of people uh, think that Drew Brees' arm is shot, and I don't, well, I don't
1: know Well, if it is, if it is, it's okay, because Well, they didn't I think exactly this light it up year against anyway. the Bears. You saw him huh?
0: play the Bears last yeah. week. They didn't exactly light it up offensively.
1: No, but you know what? He's been around so long. Call this game a
2: Senior Bowl. I mean, you got a forty-three-year-old guy versus a forty-one-year-old guy. I I don't know. This is going to be an entertaining game, and they're they're going to really focus on the two quarterbacks.
0: In the middle of these COVID times, I don't have to watch six games this weekend. I watch a manageable four, and I'm going to watch all four, and I'm excited. We need something to take our mind off the awful things going on in this world today, not to mention Washington, not to mention the impeachment proceedings, not to mention everything else. So um, there's a pretty crazy story out of Green Bay where Jared Veld here is about to make National Football League history. 33 years old. I think most of you have heard of him, at least. Veteran offensive tackle. He signed with the Packers just for this game. And just days after he started at left tackle for the Colts in their game last weekend against Buffalo. So here would be the first player in NFL history to play postseason games for two different playoff teams <laughs> in the same year. Okay? Now, what's our angle? I know you want our angle on this. And you may not know this. I did. Jared Velvier is from Grand Rapids. He graduated from Forest Hills High School, Forest Hills Northern, in 2005, and he played college football at Hillsdale. On the last show, I told the story of Ravens, two-time Pro Bowl linebacker Matthew Judon of West Bloomfield High School, who played his college football at Grand Valley. So you think either of these NFL veteran standouts could have started at Michigan or Michigan State? I I guess you, you can't find everybody. Some players are late bloomers. On other guys, the big boys just plain blow it. But now here's Alan Robinson of Denny's beloved Bears. I don't know, Denny, if you even knew this, you know, he went to Orchard Lake St. Mary's. He's a Detroit kid. He was not unrecruited by the two major Michigan universities. He just wanted to go to Penn State. And now he told reporters on Monday, a day after your beloved Bears were eliminated in that loss to New Orleans, that the Bears had a year to sign him to an extension. They didn't do it. So he's out of there. He only caught 102 passes for Chicago this past year. I know. I know. Gonna miss him.
1: <laughs> just, NHL. At times, it makes no sense what they do in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I understand. Uh, the NHL opened on Wednesday night. Uh, the Wings kick off, or as you listen to this, they kicked off their season at home versus Carolina Thursday night. And I'm also excited about that, if not many others of you people are out there. And yet I spent a moment um, reading ESPN's preseason look at the league yesterday. Now they ranked the teams top to bottom one through 31 with defending cup champion Tampa Bay still getting their top slot and still getting the last spot, the very bottom at 31 in the National Hockey League. That's right. For no. the second straight year. The Detroit Red Wings. I have no idea how Jeff Blaschel has survived this long. He just doesn't seem like much of a motivator to me. I cannot believe he would survive a disastrous year coming up if the wings are going to be as bad as so many people think they will be. But now they have a formal leader. Finally, what were they waiting for? Dylan Larkin has been named captain, the Detroit native and former University of Michigan standout, who grew up with the Wings, knows the tradition, knows how proud a franchise this is, and he wants to win. They said they should have done it before this, and Dylan is going to be pissed. I guarantee you that so many hockey people think now so little of what is his team. Brandon, you're a big Wings guy, I know.
2: Well, it's a bummer, you know. I mean, we got used to 20 years of great hockey team, and now they've been in the dumpster for a few seasons now. But I think if you take a look at every single one of the four major sports teams in Detroit, I think the Red Wings are still the one that's closest to turning things around.
0: Absolutely.
2: And I think that they could, they could really surprise a lot of people. If, you look, if you're following any of the prospects, all these kids are really lighting it up Across the pond, they're doing well in juniors. But those kids are likely still a couple years away.
0: They're not even going to bring Moritz Sider over here yet. He's still going to play over in Europe this year, and I'm very anxious to see what he looks like. He sounds like he's going to be a terrific young defender. Yeah, man.
2: but we're going to be able to see like Zadina. I mean, we're going to, there. There are going to be some young guys that we get to see. We're in, and obviously Zadina's
0: on the number two line right now. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And the number one line is going to be Bertuzzi, Mantha, and Larkin. Yep. So that's yep. that's
0: that's going to be a decent line here. Uh, we got to go to uh, to uh, no, our, listeners, our listeners in Toledo, Denny. We got to say goodbye to them. All you right, say goodbye whatever to you to want to we'll Hello, Toledo. So, we want to Hi, thank Toledo. all you guys for hanging with us down in Toledo. Yeah, really a joy people. to have you with us on the program. And you've been listening. You can log on to our website and hear the rest of the show now. You won't regret it. You've been listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast. Go ahead, Danny. What were you going to say?
1: Now, l- let me say one thing, and this will be quick. Uh, Steve Iserman is a winner, always been a winner. Knows the game, knows everything about the game. He can do things that nobody else can do because guys with that kind of ability. Have a tendency to be able to do it when it counts. Sometimes and, you, and sometimes they don't thinks, Ted,
0: Ted Williams anybody, was a, Ted about, Williams was the greatest hitter who ever lived. How was he as your manager?
1: How did he do? He sucked. Stevie, uh, knowing his character and knowing his intensity, if anybody thinks he's going to be number thirty-one at the end of the year, call me. I want to. I'll, I'll take a bet with you. I'll bet he finishes above fifteen. Watch got yeah, I, I think they're going to be. I agree with you. I think they're going to be better. But I of do course
0: too. The key is the goaltending, as we've discussed. And,
2: and you know, here, so, here's another thing ahead, about Brandon. this season: is, is the yeah, one thing know. that you don't know when it comes to how everybody is going to fall. You got to take a look at these divisions. These divisions are completely different this yep. year. Every single Canadian team is only going to play Canadian teams. All the East Coast teams are only going to play the East Coast, West Coast, West Coast, and here's Detroit. And they're going to be playing, you know, the light. And the Wings get to play Stars. Columbus
0: again. At least at least it's going to be a lot more fair now because they've done a great job down there in Columbus building that franchise.
1: So you still think that uh, they, they're the number one team in the country then, huh? No. NHL? Tampa Bay?
0: Yeah. Tampa Bay is the number one team No, no, right no. Now. But
2: what I'm saying is, I mean, w- w- with this limited schedule here where you're only facing a certain amount of teams, there's yeah. going to be excitement because I think you really have an opportunity to build some rivalries this year. And and perhaps they can leak over until next year and you know and I always think that a good rivalry is great for the game. It, it gives you something to look forward to.
0: Well they really played did you watch any of that Flyers Pittsburgh game on Wednesday to kick off the season? I did, and boy, they really tried to build up that rivalry, which has been a great rivalry. And and that that kind of thing is indeed what the NHL needs to see. More of the original six stuff, too. Well, now, are they gonna I, fight I, though? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I see that Mike Milbury. Uh, has been formally dropped now from NBC's roster of announcers. That's too bad. He was a straight shooter. You always wanted to hear what Mike had to say between periods, but we we talked about this when it happened. He fell afoul of the PC police over his uh, innocuous remark on TV last year that women can be a distraction to players. Duh! Duh. So Denny McLean. Denny McLean. When you were a major league baseball superstar, yeah. were women ever a distraction to you or any of your teammates or other players? In you
1: know, the ten years I played, I don't ever, ever remember seeing a woman at a ball game, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or hanging around at the hotels afterwards. Right? That's exactly so, okay, right. Okay, so how about Brandon? Did you, Brandon, did you see who uh, NBC replaced Milbury with? No, I did I not. See, yeah, he wasn't on last night. They had Patrick Sharp in the studio with Jonesy last Sharp night. Sharp is good, by but the way. They, re, yeah, he is. He is, and Jonesy's great babs they replaced it with babs and i can't wait because i bet mike babcock's not going to pull any punches either but here come again boys the pc posse members riding in over the hill like teddy roosevelt's charge up san juan hill in the spanish-american war in a scathing commentary in usa today somebody named Hemel haveri wrote a big piece headlined quote mike milbury is out but NBC adding Mike Babcock shows the network hasn't learned anything. So anyway, this guy, whoever he is, then goes on. He adduces numerous incidents when Babs was abusive to Red Wings players like Johan Fransen when he coached behind the Wings bench. So quote, Yeah, they quoted the Mule. They quoted Chris Chelios. They quoted other Jeez. former Red Wings. Mike Babcock was not a popular guy with many wings. No, shocking. Shocking. That's the way it is. And that essentially also... Caused his career in Toronto to blow up. Not only that, the Leafs were not winning, and they were paying him so much uh, money to be there. And but you know, anyway, I'm, I don't know if Babs is going to coach again, but he should be
1: good in the studio, don't you think? I think so too. I, I think if he brings his stories, the little quick, you know, fifteen-second stories, right to the desk, he'll have great success. I mean, the man knows the game, no question about it, and he's a good guy uh, away from the. Uh, you, you don't want to is he. Uh, I think this is the, let me finish it this way. I played poker with him one night, about two years ago. And Mike I got, Babcock, did you? Yeah. Uh-huh. The last thing in the world I want to do is play poker with him again. <laughs> he's a little intense. Oh, I see. And <laughs> did he treat you well? Was he's, he nice to you? He's, yeah, he, sure. But he's, he's a nice guy. I've met Babs a couple of He's three, a nice guy. I he sure. sure. really is. It, but away you know from what? the ice. I wouldn't want to play for him. When he's working, when he's working, he's working. You can't sure. bother him when he's working. Here's another one. For I don't our know. Residents. I don't know. I've
0: always
2: heard nothing but bad things. I've seen him scream at players personally. Oh, he's nasty. I've I've seen Mike Commodore, the you know the former defenseman who who, who who played for him. He is still on a Mike Babcock revenge tour. That guy, I'm telling you. I know he is yeah. always going off on him. He hates him. I don't think that Mike Babcock is really well liked and.
0: Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you this: I spent I spent one year in New York City because that was what it was, uh, covering Mike Keenan when he was head coach uh, of the New York Rangers. I was in the same building at MSG Network, and Keenan is the same way. Players hated him. We talked to Windsor native Tim Kerr. What a great player Timmy was with the Philadelphia Flyers and Keenan coached there. He'll tell you stories, and so many other guys will tell you stories. Billy Martin was the same gay, the same way. Guys hated playing for Billy Martin for the most part, you know, but they get results well, one at thing least about in the billy, short term
1: hang on a minute one thing about billy he had 50 percent who liked him and 50 percent who hated him uh billy and was, the idea he, was to
0: keep the five who were undecided away from the guys who hated him yeah that's well, what he always he, said he,
1: he you know what he tried to meld the club but he was impossible because he would get halfway through a, a team meeting and go off on somebody and that ruins relationships pretty quick so you can't you could never trust billy Billy was a guy you could never trust.
0: He managed the Tigers after you were traded to the Washington right. Senators in 1970. Right. You must have some Billy Martin stories. How well did you did you know him? Did you ever have any, a lot of truck with him?
1: I had a number of shows with him. You ever um, get in a fist fight with him? No, I never You're had fist a fist fight I, with I Billy, was, huh? I, 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 had, I was at the uh, bar the night that the fight took place. And, uh, Lindell's I didn't, see, with Dave I, Boswell yeah, I didn't see anybody throw any punches. I was looking, well, they did it in the alley,
0: happened. supposedly.
1: Well, listen, there were 50 people outside that alley really stretched down the street eventually because everybody come out of the bar to see oh, is that right? who the hell was going to hurt anybody.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and I, I and I'm that. still
1: surprised that uh, the pitcher for the Twins didn't break his leg or his arm or something because Billy got him pretty good. I mean, he he's a tough called.
0: little sob. Let me tell you something about Billy.
1: Billy will always throw the first punch.
0: Yep. Yep. He is something. Yep. He was something. so. Um, you've heard Denny talk many times about what he does or what he did before this COVID nightmare, and let's go to all these card shows. He there, there he plays the role of Denny McLean, and he signs yeah. autographs and so on and so forth. What you might not know about Denny is that when Denny goes to these shows, he's also a memorabilia dealer. So he will take things and sell them to you, or he will buy things from you. So uh, we had a. Big story in sports collecting just Wednesday. Danny, I I just couldn't believe this. The Mickey Mantle card, 52 tops, shattered only a five-month-old record for the highest-selling
1: sports card of all time. It sold for $5.2 million. That sounded crazy to me. $5.2 million. I I can't equate it. I mean, I I will say one thing. About a year and a half ago, the cards in the game of baseball – all of a sudden, regain their value. The whole business right now, with everybody going through the COVID thing, is the baseball cards. And the better those cards are, the more money they're worth. And they don't have to be signed, Bob. Nobody has to sign. That these can cards. take away from the
0: value of a baseball card if it's personally signed. The card itself. That's exactly right. The card yeah, you, itself. And yeah. And, and the yeah. point that you're, the point that you're making is this specifically: this Mickey Mantle card that, that sold for five point two million was given a PSA nine. Now yeah. PSA is a grading system that ranges from one to 10. Yep. And this took the record from a one of one Mike Trout rookie card that just sold for 3.94 million last August. Right. So it is believed that there are only six PSA nines of this 1952 Topps mantle card still in existence. Brandon, I want you being as young as you are and on top of these kinds of things to help Benny and me here. This card was <laughs> bought by Rob. What is his name? Gaug? Goff? Do you know who that is? He's an actor. And anyway, I've never heard of him either. I thought Brandon would know. And he uh, apparently has made a lot of money acting in whatever he acts. Apparently. In. He acquired streetwear brand Dope in 2017. I don't know what that is either. I think he, that's a, isn't that a clothesline? Well, uh, yeah, obviously, but yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know who um, Rob
2: Go is. Uh, apparently. He go was is his name. That's how it's pronounced. The okay. Billionaire Boys Club, the Forgiven and Mom and Dad. I've never heard of any of his, whatever he has been in. I've never heard okay.
1: of him. He, he was in the Millionaire Boys Club? No. Oh, I thought he was.
0: Whatever. Billionaire so Boys anyway, Club. Yeah. You See, I don't know what that is. Anyway, so uh, the previous, previous record, yeah, I don't go to movies. You know that. Evan Mathis is an NFL lineman, and he had sold this mantle card for $2.88 million in 2018. <laughs> so that's a pretty good profit. Now, yeah. I sold my childhood baseball cards, which to my credit, I always kept. I, but I sold them years ago for a down payment on a house in Detroit when I still live there. Uh, mm. And there was not a controversy about grading back then. Now, I like to pick my baseball cards up occasionally. I like to hold them and yeah. look at them. And I didn't. I couldn't imagine having them hermetically sealed in heavy plastic with screws in all four corners, which is what <laughs> they do with this PSA yes, grade system. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. That's
1: what they do? I, I get, I'll tell you one quick story. I don't know if I've done this before, but my, the day that I left, I, I signed on a Saturday afternoon. I left Sunday, O'Hare Airport, got on a plane and flew to uh, where the hell did I go? Harlan, Kentucky. Well, by the time I came home, uh, good month later, uh, as I was going to Clinton, Iowa, I looked for my baseball cards for no other reason other than some guy wanted to buy them. And they had no value back then, none whatsoever. And uh, so I went home and I said, Mom, I got a guy that wants to give me $200 for all those cards. She says, you'll get rid of all of them? I said, every one of them. She says, I already sold them for $100. (laughs) (laughs) I just almost died. (laughs) my mother did throw out some of my
0: baseball cards, but fortunately not all of them. And I can remember sitting down with a college buddy of mine uh, long after we graduated from college and he was into sports collecting and he said, whatever happened to those baseball cards of yours is I got them in a box down the basement. So he said, well, let's go take a look at them. I can still see him sitting in my house in one of the Detroit suburbs. You Detroiters know what I'm talking about. I lived in Lathrop village at the time and, and he's going through my baseball and he's saying that'll buy dinner for four for us. That's yeah. worth a hundred bucks. I said, what? What? I couldn't believe it. So here's some real baseball money madness. If you are a fantasy player like Brandon McAfee, you know the name. But I bet you our Chicago native, Denny McClain, might not know the name. Denny, Liam Hendricks.
1: Mm, Blankin, huh? Huh? Liam I, Hendricks. I read. I read this the other day. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: he's an Australian pitcher. He's
1: 31 you years know old. Yeah, kid.
0: Because you're going to like him. Okay. As recently as less than two years ago, Liam Hendricks was designated for assignment by the Oakland A's, and he was sent out a Triple A. But he came back up, and he took over as the A's closer in 2019. He made the All Star team, and well. just this week, Denny. He signed as a free agent with the White Sox for a guaranteed $54 million. Oh, God. Now, his career record through this past season, a total of 40 saves to go with an ERA of 4.1 no. and a career one loss record of 19 and 27. So, uh, Dennis Dale McClain, no. Dennis Dale McClain, the question I have for you, mm-hmm. are you and the other big stars of your generation over this kind of stuff, or are these sightings kind of like rubbing salt in an open wound for a guy who couldn't hold your jock strap?
1: Well, no, not, not necessarily because we all see this stuff. We see this stuff all the time. And, uh, the problem so you're with, over, it. you're over it then. It doesn't bug you. Yeah, anymore. I think so because the market is so, uh, convoluted right now with fraud. There is just tons and tons of fraud in the card business. So when you do grab a card, the card is never fraud. Denny, this is percentage. real baseball no, 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 we're, we're talking, talking no, no, about. No. Yeah. Yeah. L- L- it, Liam it, Hendricks. Cards, cards that are being signed, you can't trust.
2: No, no, no. We're not talking about cards, Denny. We're talking about Liam Hendricks, who's the new pitcher of the Chicago White Sox. Now, here's the thing about Liam Hendricks. I know you spotted off some of his numbers and stuff like that, and, you know, he's got a career 4.1 ERA or whatever, but. You got to look at the last couple of years cuz this is where this guy is right now. He is right, sub yeah. sub 2 ERA. Last year at 1.78. The guy is considered probably right now the hottest closer and he just landed with the White Sox who this team is phenomenal. I'm telling you, going forward, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel, Dylan Cease. You got Eloy Jimenez and and, and Tim Anderson and Yohan Mankata. That team is stacked. Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal. I'm telling you, this team is the team to look out for in the AL. I personally think. Brandon, and, 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 and again, Brandon,
0: the Detroit Tigers are doing nothing to keep up. Right, yeah, a lot they're of doing, doing nothing. nothing to keep
1: absolutely up. nothing. Brandon, let me give you a, a little insight about Chicago White Sox. For some reason. For some reason, they've had the skeleton of, of hell with that organization for many, many years. I mean, it, they just can't keep it going. And the only reason I don't get excited about them, being from Chicago, is they will do something during the season, middle of the season, to piss somebody off in the White Sox, players, and then that player will, as, as history would dictate, he forms his own little club on the team and then you've a la got chris guys. sale huh a
2: la chris sale
1: yeah something like chris sale absolutely and that will happen again with the white Sox. i have no idea why but it happens all the time with this the is white why
2: Sox. i don't think so this is why i don't think so because this team has really kind of found included, an identity and what is that identity cuba and well, I think a lot of these Cuban guys, I don't think that they uh I don't think they're against each other. I think they're all working together towards a common goal. And I think this year that common goal is going to be the World Series. Watch out for the White Sox. This team is
1: gonna be fierce. I'm gonna watch.
0: Meanwhile, Major League Baseball and if we, teams. And if we
1: get to the World Series, I'll take you to a game. if
0: if and that's where we're going next, Danny. Right. Major League that. Baseball teams informed Monday by Rob Manfred to prepare for an on time start. of the coming season but they received health and safety guidelines that stated teams could also permit gulp fans to actually attend games perhaps as early as spring training next month so memos distributed to teams this week across baseball allow for the possibility that spring training tickets could be sold in small groups of pods providing they're seated at least six feet apart i said a while ago and you and eli poo-pooed me on this show I said that major league baseball will play 162 games this year. And that's what Manfred and the owners intend to do after losing so much money last year. I read the other day that pipsqueak Bettman says the NHL will lose a billion dollars this shortened season and you know what a billion here a billion there pretty soon we're talking about real money aren't we so i think baseball's going to play and i think with all the shots you know that people are now taking i talked to eli on the phone yesterday he's now had his COVID shot he gets another one coming up in february mm-hmm. i really think this is going to help i think it's going to yeah, help i do
1: too the other thing
0: and, too- and mlb has also announced in the wake of the attack on our nation's capital last week instigated in part by mr trump MLB says it will no longer contribute to political candidates. Yeah. Since the 2016 election cycle, the league's pack, league has its own pack. The Office yeah, of the Commissioner of, of Major League Baseball Political Action Committee. They've donated nothing according to baseball money standards. 700000 Yeah, exactly. $670,000 to House and Senate candidates. Um, just over 52% of the PAC's donations went to Republicans instead of Democrats. Denny, I mean, should they have been doing this anyway? I mean, I guess they want to lobby in Washington. They have, to, Washington, do they have to do it.
1: You yeah. know, the antitrust thing is still in place. All these crazy things from the past are still in place. So they hide behind whatever they need to hide behind. And listen, the game has never been smarter. I'm not talking about talent, but the game has never been smarter than what it is today. And I'm talking about all these guys in the suits that really know what business is all about. It's not a bad thing.
0: The NFL now says it will revisit its political contribution policies. And if you boys need a quick laugh today, let me give you this headline that I saw the other day on one of the websites somewhere. It comes from Evander Holyfield, Mm. quote, We're in talks with Mike Tyson for a $200 million rematch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Silence, yes. No, 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 no,
2: no, no. no, no. Not silence at all. Listen, right now, (laughs) there is such a lack of interest in traditional boxing that the biggest fight that we've seen in the last couple of years— was Mike Tyson back in November? Mike <laughs> yeah. Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. And so I and how think, was how
0: was that fight? Was that entertaining? Was that a good fight? Everybody <laughs> loved it. They everybody loved, loved it. it.
2: It was seriously really? It was, it was yeah. lauded. Yes. And so he, here we are. People. Mike Tyson is still a big name. He's in his fifties, but he's still you know pretty cut. And people want to see this final bout with Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield watched Tyson fight Roy Jones Jr. He saw the revenue it pulled, and he said, you know what? I can make a lot of money if we <laughs> fight I again. Can. It only makes sense.
1: Yes, it hmm. does. 100% we have fun. makes sense. Well, how about we have- the mailbag?
0: Yeah, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. We have no deaths to report uh, on our show for a change. Thank goodness for that. Good. And we have no this day in sports any longer, as Mr. Zaret continues on his sabbatical. Holding I may on pick in Florida that up. This week. I, may, I may do if this you day like, in go sports. go ahead and do that. But yeah. I do want to say this. This is a really interesting story. Tuesday of this week was the anniversary of the death of Wynn Mercer. Never heard of him either. Wynn Mercer was the Detroit Tigers player manager. And only 28 years old when he committed suicide in a San Francisco hotel in 1903. Now, when I was a kid, I don't know about you guys, but uh, when I was a kid, my mom would often take my two brothers and me to Ladies Day at Tiger Stadium. I presume yours did too, right? The connection here, Wynn Mercer, according to all the reports of the Times, was young and handsome piercing dark eyes, big outgoing personality, and the ladies loved him. Mercer, in turn, loved the ladies. So, playing on Mercer's popularity with the ladies, his previous team before the Tigers, Washington, liked to pitch Mercer on Tuesdays and Fridays when pitchers pitch that often, and they designated those days Ladies' Days. So, on one Ladies' Day game in 1897, it ended in disaster when women rioted and charged a field because umpire Bill Carpenter had ejected Mercer. According (laughs) to reports, an army of angry females poured out of the stands. They surrounded umpire Carpenter. They shoved him to the ground. They ripped at his clothing and finally police raced out and brought the situation under control. While we know that when Mercer put a tube in his mouth, in his hotel room and inhaled poison, illuminating gas to kill oh, himself to this day, to this day, despite many theories about why when Mercer committed suicide, there has never been a consensus in what has to be the strangest episode in Detroit Tigers history. We never got an explanation, huh? And they got several, but no, none of them that made any sense to a lot of people. So we're going to the mailbag now. The three of us have been talking for long enough, Dan, but we want to hear what you think about all of this stuff. I want to remind you that you can tweet us at M-U-2 Denny. You can tweet me at BobPageSports. Brandon, you want to give me your Twitter address? I don't see you responding to a lot of people. Nope. At Producer, right?
2: Yeah, but it's spelled dumb, and it's a dumb name. And you know what? I don't care about Twitter. So if you want to follow me, you can find me. If not, whatever. I'm not going to give up.
0: All right. Eli there. didn't care about Twitter either. I still enjoy it, actually, and I'm glad you guys, you and Drew, actually it was Drew Lane and Eli who got me on Twitter. It's uh, pretty vile at times. But it can be, but I don't see a lot be. of that stuff. I, li- I like my Twitter followers. They're, 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 they're very good. And a lot of them are very smart and very interesting. So anyway, uh, among the tweets on our segment about the Jim Harbaugh contract extension, uh, we had the other day with veteran University of Michigan reporter, podcaster, Michael Spath. D-Champ Green wrote, I hope you have Michael back. I have to say, shockingly, that the University of Michigan brand is severely tarnished. Who would have thought it? You guys mentioned Jim Harbaugh's lack of personality. It's a huge detriment to the Michigan program. The press, the players, recruits, fans, they all see it, and they all feel it. Now, the green in his Twitter handle here is for Michigan State. He is a greenie, and Michigan fans may accuse him of bias, but guys, I think he's right.
1: I think the Michigan brand has been tarnished. Oh, I do, too. I do too. I mean, I Harbaugh did nothing to promote it. Nothing, nothing good. I mean, you know, and then refusing to really give good explanations at press conferences. I mean, that's one way you bail yourself out, be kind, be uh, sensitive to everybody around you during that press conference for 15 or 20 minutes. Anybody can do 20 minutes, anybody. And uh, he just takes this. I'm rough. I'm ready. I'm a fighter. You know, be careful what you ask me. It's so uh, challenging. You know, though,
2: it, it, but the weird thing is, though, is if you ask former Wolverine players, everybody seems to be, you know, impressed by the fact that Jim Harbaugh has brought back a Michigan pedigree. I don't see it. I don't see it in the victories. I don't either. To me, I don't. Michigan's a basketball school.
1: Well, it is right look, now.
2: They're
0: going to be number one in the country. Right <laughs> but this is going to change. I mean, sports right is. Right now, successful.
2: how about in the last 20 years, who's been better? The last 20 years. 20 years is a long time. Yeah, and Michigan I, has gone I, I to the, na- the, the basketball team, has gone to the national championship. You make a good point, Brandon. But the football I, can't, you team know, I hasn't can't argue with you about it.
0: that. And, and they're and not very many universities who can say that the university of Florida happens to be one of them with, with basketball and football being so good, Michigan state certainly to a degree under Mark D'Antonio to go with Tom Izzo, but that's a hard thing to do because you get a reputation sometimes. Well, that's just a basketball school. You don't want to go there. That's
1: just a football school. Well, you look at, look at Duke. Everybody thinks Duke is basketball. nothing but a basketball that's North Carolina. Is, nothing, the most but yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, about my comments on the Red Wings goaltending
0: situation being a big question mark this year, Greg Gaynor, Responded. Jonathan Bernier is just a placeholder so they get somebody else in the draft or via free agency in years to come. And the same with Thomas Grice. Detroit has only nine players signed for the 21-22 season. So there's going to be a lot of turnover the next few years. I trust Stevie Eiserman more than any other general manager president in Detroit sports circles. You can also call us and leave a message. Texas, the number to call is 760-89-BALLS. I don't know if I gave you this, but you can also email us at asknofilter at gmail.com or just go to our website. Rick, no last name, left this message hello guys just want eli to know that he will be missed i hope during his time away he is able to get adjusted to the life of a snowbird during which time away (laughs) we can get back to our normal way of life with all this covid crap and eli can someday come back to the show with a clear mind bob keep up the good work doing all the heavy lifting denny i hope to doing well and getting adjusted to the changes in your life and that leaves me with Brandon. Brandon, I've really enjoyed noticing you stepping up to the mic more often. Glad to hear your nuts dropped. Keep up the great work, you're an avid listener. Brandon, what does that mean? I'm glad to hear your nuts dropped.
2: I don't know. Let's move on.
0: Okay, we'll do that if that's what you like. A sensitive nerve, <laughs> apparently, Rick's, uh, Rick's I'll bring you some and cashews. Brandon Brandon's got a big grin on his face right now, so there's something going on behind the scenes. I'm gonna here. bring
1: up some cashews, he'll take care there's, of the real there's, quick. There's
0: a great friend of the show, Al Kopak, who writes Damn there every week, and he says another great show. He really enjoyed the interview with Steve Mott. He says, You guys always ask the questions that bring out some interesting insights about the person and the game being played. Brandon's bit of an expanded role now on the show is refreshing. He has some nice thoughts and opinions, which got me to thinking, other than letting you know when to say goodbye to the radio audience in Toledo, what are Brandon's other duties on the show? Well, Al, I'll tell you what his duties are, cleaning up our mistakes. And we make a lot of them here. And we thank Brandon for all that he does. Paul Boxdance, I got your note. Wanted to get in touch with Ernie Witt. I'll do the best I can to hook you guys up. 76089Balls, I mentioned the number to call. Uh, Larry Novick of Santa Cruz, California. Bob, one second. I got to be somewhere Sunday. Will this end soon? Almost done. And now that Eli's not here, I thought I'd be free of somebody (laughs) wetting his pants to get me out of the mailbag. Apparently not. The clone of Eli. About that. So Larry Novick again says, Gentlemen, I just finished reading. When Lions Were King, about the 1950s Detroit Lions, a book by Richard Beck. It's a great story about a great team, also a history of football. The author would be a great interview for your show. Larry, thanks. I don't. I don't know about that book and I wouldn't mind reading it because I just missed that. Well, Larry Novak, uh, Larry Novak was the writer, but the book again is called when lions were King, when the Detroit lions along with the Browns, ironically were the greatest franchise in all of professional football. And I just missed that. I think I started watching the lions as a boy in Detroit about 1960. So I just missed that era. Here's a, um, a friend of yours, Denny, I think at least, you know, each other, I think Ty Amelander. Oh yeah. Good Uh, man. He had an interesting thought on what he thinks is now a dangerous part of football, Ty wrote us, I could not agree with Denny more. On the speed of the nfl game now they should make them all actually wear heavy pads again everything in the nfl to slow them down is made to have athletes move with optimal speed on the playing surface and go back to outside games where snow and rain can affect the speed of the game but you know what Uh, ty says they would never consider that because the safety of the players is secondary to profit but ty that's not true uh the nfl now has all these rules that they do to protect quarterbacks and other players. They're trying to make the game safer because the players are so much faster, bigger, and stronger. And I must assume, if you're listening to this program, you're probably from Detroit, as I am, and so you also went to a ton of Lions games at Tiger Stadium, as I did. Ty, you remember what it was like sitting outside at Tiger Stadium and Lions games in November and December? Remember that? Those domed stadiums are great, and they're built for the fans.
1: Yeah, first of all, they are great. They're the best way to watch a ball game of any kind. And number two, ties from Grand Rapids. Uh, been there forever, all of his entire life. So, And he's really a good man. The man goes out of his way for every charity in Michigan. Uh, he's unbelievable. Just one glad of those people. That. Yeah, glad, terrific. i glad man. to hear that.
0: I don't know if we have one unnamed texter or several, but the one we have this week wrote, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with Bob. Not only was Kirk Gibson a jerk, but I'll take it a step further. He was one of the most overrated Detroit Tigers ever. And he lists these numbers right here, Denny, with comments about Gibby. One, horrible fielder. Two, maybe the worst throwing arm in right field in my lifetime. Then he goes on. Couldn't touch left-handed pitchers. Wasn't even in the top five players, if you look at the 84 Tigers roster. Often injured. Fast, yes. Yes but a below-average base runner. He treated fans like dirt, and the worst MVP numbers ever, Darryl Strawberry, was screwed that year. Brandon, he writes, don't fall for the legend. If you think I'm wrong, look at how many All-Star games Gibby played in. He had a few clutch home runs, but he was never a Tiger great. Who wants to go first?
2: I will. I'll go first, because this is obviously... In response to me telling Bob to stop telling that same story over and over and over and over, and it's because I don't like the story. That's pretty much it. Kirk Gibson has been a very good person to me personally. He's been a very good person to this network. And you know what? He was also a part of the last uh, championship team. You know, here in Detroit for the you know when it comes to baseball, I don't care if you think that Daryl Strawberry got ripped off when you know when when Gibby won the MVP in '88. He still won it. And you know what? It takes something special to hit those clutch home runs. Those are big home runs, the ones that you wouldn't forget. So, you know, he was also in the conversation more than one time. I see where you're coming from. You know, in 84, he was, you know, he finished sixth in MVP voting. In 81, 12th. In in 85, 18th. So, as I said
0: on the show the other day, it sounds like Gibby was your hero. Danny, what did you think of He wasn't my
2: hero, but I I still respect the guy.
1: Well, I respect Gibby. I mean, Gibby was, uh, Gibby reminded me a little bit of me when I was younger, the intensity, uh, he was always ready to pull the trigger. Um, so for that reason alone, I, I respected him a lot. Whether I, I didn't have much relationship with him and many conversations with him, he was always always nice to me, and no, no reason not to. But, uh, yeah, listen, he will be remembered forever for one home run. Remember that. That was a monster. One.
0: No, he had, he had a big home run in the Detroit Tigers World Series win, too, i Come World on. Series, I know yeah. you're talking about the Dodgers that home run. He's had two, two he in the bit World Series. remembered for that. Yeah. So, let me, so let me tell you, because I think I know this better than either of you two guys do. I started covering Kirk Gibson when he was a 19-year-old sophomore wide receiver at Michigan State University. That's how far we go back, and we've had an up-and-down checkered relationship. I don't dislike Gibby. I dislike very much the way he used to handle himself with people. Kirk the jerk was an apt nickname. I've called him out on that personally, but you know what? I don't have any pride. Look, I'd be happy to sit down and go out with Gibby and BS about old times. It would be good. And now let me tell you this. I've only been doing this for what? 45, 46 years now. Kirk Gibson was perhaps the greatest single competitor I ever saw in all four of our sports. He would find a way to you Gibby would look silly because fl- he's not a baseball player. He's a football player. He'd look silly flailing away on his first three trips to the plate in the game. And then he would beat you and he would win the game on his last at bat. Clutch. I have great it's... respect, great respect for Kirk Gibson. Don't no, get it's me so wrong. Boys. Disingenuous.
1: It's so disingenuous. I can name 150 guys that are just as better intense. competitors than Gibby. Absolutely. Everybody. Oh, yeah. All American whiteout football you, players. I don't think there's very many people who play in the major leagues that aren't as competitive as you can ever measure. Yep, when fine. you get up there, man, yeah. you better be able to yeah. play because you won't be there very yeah, long. I'll
0: tell you what then, and you tell me of those guys in baseball you're talking about, how many of them are going to go over the middle into traffic knowing they're going to get their clocks cleaned and make a catch in a real big-time football game. That was one swashbuckling MFer man. His football mentality is what separated Kirk Gibson from the guys in baseball you're talking about.
2: And like I said, this, this, this comment came in response to me when – you know, yeah. last week when I when I wanted Bob to stop uh, telling that story over <laughs> okay, and over so, okay, and over and over and over again, I'm just saying that is what it's coming from. And and, and so this person obviously, Kurt Gibson stole his girl back in high school or something, and he's really upset about it. But going forward. Gibby's done good things. And lately, the Kirk Gibson Foundation for Parkinson's has done a lot. So I have his right. respect, and I'm not going to talk
0: about it. So good for Gibby. And, so for Gibby. All right, and finally, uh, this is the last one, Denny, and then you can go to the bathroom, okay, and we'll be done until Monday. Uh, this is the second week in a row we've heard from Bill Neewick. You know why? Because he brings up, often does interesting topics for us. So Bill writes this week, hi, Bob and Denny, longtime WJR radio personality and friend of Donald Trump, he writes. Frank Beckman is retiring after nearly 50 years on Detroit Radio. I know that Beckman broadcast the does University Trump of Michigan football games for many years. What's that?
2: What does Donald Trump say? have anything to do with it?
0: Well, that's what he wrote, Brandon. I'm just quoting him. OK, because if you read, you read, the, read, if you read the stories about Frank Beckman's retirement, he's a conservative radio news talk show host. And sure. Donald Trump complimented him on his show a couple times. Okay. That's what that's about. OK, so that's what Bill Newick again wrote. So the, the point that I'm getting to here is uh Bill quotes a Detroit Free Press article saying that Beckman was the only person to have broadcast, think about this, all four Detroit major sports. He did all four of the teams. He, he asked, when did he broadcast the Tigers, and who was his broadcast partner? Come on, his broadcast partner was our own Larry Sorensen. Beckman did the Tigers games for a number of years, and then, of course, he broadcast the Lions games, Wings, and Pistons. I don't think this Has- is
2: true, because yesterday I dug into this, and we I found out that you know Ray Lane broadcast for all four at one point. Maybe he wasn't fully... Hired, but but, no Ray. That's
0: the the question he asked. So, I did Ray broadcast the Wings games? So, you play-by-play guy on the Wings games one
1: time? I'm not aware of Ray broadcasting any Wings games, but the other three games, he he certainly. he uh, did the Pistons him. games? Well, I don't remember Ray Lane on the Pistons well, games. He filled, Bobby filled in once in exactly. a while. That's, that's what, what he I'm did. saying.
2: So he at least filled in. Same thing with Matthew Shepard right now, the voice of the Tigers, is he's done, he's had to have done every single sports team as well. Every. In, in one every. way, shape, or form, because he's that, just been a workhorse. Good. I'm glad
0: you guys mentioned that, because I couldn't think of it. I'd like to hear from Shep whether he's done play-by-play of the other teams, the Wings and the Pistons. Definitely.
1: Guys fill in for each other. That's all. Yes. I mean, that's what that's okay. all. It's not like Maybe anybody signed it a contract. Okay. Maybe just that's what it is. A moment to
0: yeah. moment. And, and as far as commenting on Mr. Beckman himself, I, I hope I don't have a lot of enemies in this life. But Frank Beckman is one of them. I can't stand <laughs> Frank Beckman, and Frank Beckman can't stand me. I have zero respect for Frank Beckman, and other than that, I'm going to take the high road, and that's all I'm going to say.
1: Frank is a different kind of guy. He Ladies is. and gentlemen, we want you to have a great weekend. <laughs> a great weekend. And party, and with party that. down. Party down like they used to say But when do it safely with your do it
0: safely with your masks on. Don't be like those Alabama Absolutely. fans. Absolutely. Don't partying forget down down without the masks. Drive yeah. safely
1: and stay out of yeah. everything everybody's way. Stay home. Thanks, have a great everybody. Week. Have a good have a, day. Yeah, have Thank a good you, Brandon. Day. Bye-bye.